welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Edward Barrett and I'm here today with Paul. Hi. Hardcastle. I'll give him my late second name, so I'll give everyone else's. Uh, Nick Hamlet Hello. and Jacob Gotobed. I don't know if you're going to say my full last name then. Have you got a longer last name than Gotobed? Well, no, there's not many people say it, but... What do they say? Just got. Just Jacob. The Jacob, goat. The goat. goat. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, today we're talking about music. Um, so I thought it'd be good if we start off with what sort of music do you guys listen to? The last song I listened to before I came here was uh, Never Too Much by Luca Vandross. But that was just because I was showing everyone. But now that's oh, out there. Excuses. What that's was the favorite? one before that? Uh, it was Best Friend by 50 Cent, which is on my driving playlist. Nice. I had a bit of Jamie on the way here, um, mm-hmm. but before that, uh, Beethoven's ninth, so yeah. <laughs> eclectic. It's all very wide. nice. Yeah. I had a little bit of Jamie Cullum. Yeah. Oh, yes. good. These other days. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had some Ben Rector, which I've recently gotten into. Great musician, worth a check out. And also some Yes and Amen by House Fires. Nice, yeah. There you go, yeah. Quite a, wheel, quite a wide field we've got there then. Yeah, Beethoven's Ninth to Yes and Amen to Rap to J- Jamie Collins. Jamie, Jamie Collins. Jazz Collins. Oh, you no. need to listen to some Jamie well, Collins. Well, no, because he really said it like JME, so I was I was a bit confused. But anyway, yeah, that's um, that's an excellent album, twenty something. It is one of Very I think it might be my favorite album. Yeah, yeah. So music, um, it's a big topic, and we could spend you know days talking about everything there but um we're just going to bring a couple of the questions we've got around the subject and um how it affects our lives how it affects church and i think it's fair to say that we're all kind of quite big into music around the yeah. table here yeah we all play an instrument don't we yeah, yeah. some more some more than one yeah. Yeah. yeah so um there's a definite slant <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the direction we're coming yeah, from for our music yeah, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be really good to hear your thoughts on what we say. Um, do you have a perspective that we don't have? Um, do you just not like music at all? Because I'm sure there are people out there that don't listen to any sort of music. I've never met anyone who doesn't listen to any kind of music. Okay. And I'd be really interested if there is somebody listening who doesn't. Yeah, please get in contact yeah. if you don't like music at all, because we want to hear from you. Definitely. Yeah, so Nick, you've got a question to kick us off. Yeah, my, my question was, has there been a time in, in our lives where... Music has spoken where words really couldn't cut it, where we couldn't really quite find the right thing. Or, but it was summed up; those emotions were summed up perfectly with with music. I think I've had times where I can put a song exactly where I need it to be, and it's worked. But I could also like fill it with words as well, if that makes sense. So, like, uh, I, I always tie like songs with like memories. So, like, if if, if someone that I love passed away and uh, I listened to a song at that time. That song will always... I won't have to say anything about that. I can have that song on. And then that's that's me and, like, uh, just remembering what they did and stuff like that. But mm. I, I think it depends massively on your situation because how the brain works and how you, you remember stuff from what music was playing. Like, this is so weird, but I remember going to... Oh, what did I, I went I went to Disneyland, Florida, and there were, uh, I remember being on a ride and hearing, like... Uh, I think it was Pharrell Williams, Happy. So every time that comes on, I just think of that ride now. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy the ride, but, you know. Do you enjoy the song? No, I've heard it too much. So it reminds me of a ride I didn't like, so. Yeah. I think that's a good question. Was, for me, music's really powerful, and I I always think that, like, that relationship between, like, lyrics and the words in music and the music itself, can, they, they sometimes go, like, right together, but sometimes they go really apart. So I always um, think about... 
uh, Perfect Day by Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah. And all the lyrics like, what a perfect day. And then the music in the background saying it really wasn't a perfect <laughs> day. Um, so the combination of the two tell one story where the lyrics tell you know a different story and, and the music itself tells a different story. Um, so, yeah, I can't... Can't think of any particular examples about my life that mu- I've, I've really struggled to articulate something, and music's fulfilled that role. But yeah, definitely, um, definitely acknowledge or associate to the the idea of an event in time being kind of linked to a song in your head. Yeah, but it's like music's a good way. So some some of my friends who who aren't Christian don't go, don't go to church. It, music, I find music a great way to get people to like listen to it because without even thinking about it they're listening to something from god and the music's actually all right well some of it is but some of it's quite bad but yeah that's a different point completely <laughs> yeah it's interesting i think f- for me when i was writing that question in the back of my mind i guess i'm on a bit of a a journey to try and um discover more about myself and more about god um both simultaneously at the, at, at the moment and it's it's really interesting but i'm t- transported to a moment where i was just sat with uh, headphones on, noise cancelling headphones, and I had um, it was Pavarotti that I was listening to of all things. Um, so Showing off here, a bit, a bit of opera, um, just because I wanted to relax and I wanted to, yeah, you know, to hear a different kind of music. I don't really listen to much operatic stuff at all, um, but I thought I'll give it a go. And, and immediately, just the, the beauty of the music. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't. I don't speak Italian, so I, I don't mm. know what the song was about. But just the beauty of that moment was something that I'd never experienced before, um, and that would that could only have happened through music. There's there's mm. no other way I've managed to find that emotion. Um, so was, that was really powerful for me. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I think music was really good at inspiring emotion in a lot of ways. You know, the, you look at the way that we use film music in yeah. society. Like you don't need sometimes you don't even need to know what's going on in the film to understand the emotions that are sort of linked with that. Have you ever watched a film on, without the music? It's just yes, yeah, it's horrendous. It's, isn't it? Yeah, it could just some, completely some lacks just fall apart, any, yeah. Yeah, any yeah. power. And you look at things like Gladiator. If you play, play the music to Gladiator, you have got people in tears before they've seen anything yeah. happen. Yeah, hundred percent. So it definitely can convey emotion. And how they take like film music into everyday life. So like the understand of it, you know, uh, Celine Dion from the Titanic one. Yeah, yeah, my that is used on. all the time. Yeah, just literally, literally everything. Yeah. Literally yeah. everything, like, but from different contexts as well. From like. Usually football related. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like that. At football or just just in general, like people yeah. use it a lot. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a great quote, and I have no idea who it was. Was I didn't do much prep for this, but I just popped popped into my head, and it was that um, poetry can make you think a thought, um, or lyrics can make you think a thought. Music can make you feel a feeling, but a song can make you feel a thought. And I wonder what you think about that. Well, it evokes yeah, the, the emotion, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The two combined to make you think something completely different. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. That's a feel, feel a thought. I, I guess, yeah, it's kind of evo- evoking... I guess that links to what you were saying about the film score as well, like one without the other mm. seemingly makes... It makes sense, but it makes less sense when you combine the two. You get the true gravity of mm. what's being... It's like a more about. efficient way to communicate. Yeah, it's using yeah. two different forms of communication at once brings a stronger message. Mm. I think that that kind of is what music is. It's a type of communication, isn't it? It's a way expressing express, something. Yeah. yeah, and I find that really interesting when we apply that to church. And we'll probably get back onto you know music in church later on. But that idea of music being a form of communication, I think 
when we frame it like that, suddenly how we approach using it in church becomes a slightly different conversation because it's about how are we communicating with people. Yeah. And yeah, that's interesting. Jacob, you had a, a question as well. I what? did. I I w- want to know what would society be like without music like as a whole? Because if you think we, society's had music since like the dawn of time, basically. So like, where would we be without it? Because there's radio, there's film music, there's everything. Everything has music in it somewhere. It's really hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, society is completely ingrained in all, well, now comp- all different types of media, but music was probably the first one to... And it, it controls, it, music basically controls the world. If you look at, like, who is at the top of the charts, is probably one of the most, I don't know who it is right now, but they have so much power and influence... Do they, or they, are they just the puppets of the people who do... <laughs> well, yeah, that's the question, course. isn't it? Yeah. This, is, this is taking a turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, if, if you look at it now, especially in Ardenasia, like social media and stuff like that, take Louis Capaldi for an example. He was mm. like, doing all right for himself, and then his, his presence on social media basically catapulted him to the forefront. And then the fact that he, he made some good tunes and then the fact he's a prop, he's a funny guy means he's got such a massive audience now. Mm. And it's like... It's like when all like the you know like the records like the Beatles are being broken and stuff for like music records. I think Drake's got more like number ones than the Beatles now. I'm not saying Drake's bad, but it's just a different time we're living in, isn't it? So it's it's not easier, but there's more ways to break those records if that makes sense. There's probably a lot more genres available to listen to as well now. Um, but yeah, I think music. The reason I, when I asked earlier about people who, who maybe don't listen to any music, but music is one thing that, particularly us four around the table, it really unites us because we're all passionate about music and that's different types of music as we yeah. discussed earlier. But one common thing is music itself is a good thing. Um, so, f- yeah, for me, society would, without that, without that uniting idea or concept would be much worse for it. I think it is something that across different cultures, different societies, different time periods has been used to bring people together. And you wonder what, what benefit that's had. If you, if you want to talk about society as a from the dawn of civilization, mm. how many times music has united people together to do special things? Yeah, look at like Live Aid, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like just uh, one Just the benefit of con- that. Yeah, mm. but the effort is the Ethiopian famine, wasn't it? But mm. that just, again, united so many superstars and it's a a gig that well, I mean we're talking about it now, but the the film Bohemian Rhapsody that came out was centralised around that yeah, gig, yeah. like and it was a big yeah. thing for Queen. But like that whole thing was just that was music uniting people for a common cause. And they do a cover of it every year, don't they? Now with yeah. new artists, so it still shows how much it means. But then also we've got like music being used in war and like trumpets sounding different uh, commands, and that again that idea of communication. Music's been used in good situations, but also kind of horrendous ones. Um, so, like, you'd get people amped up by playing that rousing music and, yeah, it's it's powerful, really, isn't it? That's it. It's about, all about evoking that emotion, like I was saying. That, mm. I, I studied music at university and some of the questions that we asked were around, like, art in general and, like, what is art? Yeah. And, like, for me, that was a long essay, but to concise it was... Art is just something that provokes a reaction, and mm. I think music is art, and I think music is something that provokes a reaction, whether you like it or you don't, yeah. or whether you're um, hyped up by it or relaxed by it, or you're ready for war or you're ready for bed. Like the, the music, that one thing 
provokes some kind of reaction, whether it's I hate this, I never want to hear it again, or I love yeah. this, that's all I want. Do we all have like different playlists? Thousands, so, yeah, so yeah, many playlists. So I've, I, I've got like three playlists for like fitness. I'll have it. I have a gym playlist and then I have a running playlist. And then I've got like a shower playlist and like literally, like you say, it provokes the emotion, but there's so many different ways that you can get on board. So I couldn't listen to my gym playlist anywhere else but the gym because it evokes that emotion that I need for the gym. Yeah. Get you, yeah, get you hyped. Yeah. Has the way you listen to music changed? Because I know when, when I was younger, I used to do a thing where I'd, I'd buy a new album every month. And I'd listen to the album from start to finish, and I would be able to like sing one song, and then for me in my head, the end of that song was the start of the next you track on the, the key, album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like even when I, I was like singing it without it on, I would go into the next song yeah. in order. But nowadays, like like you say, well, I listen to playlists more, and like it's it's kind of individual songs I like rather than a collection of work like um, that has been created by someone. I'll always stream it out. If a new album comes out, oh, I've, I've said it already, I, I stream all my music. I, use, I'm a, I love Spotify. I use yeah. it all the time. But the streaming apps are available. They are, but if they want to sponsor me, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> They're not as good though, are they? No. <laughs> if that's the angle we're taking. Yeah. But no, like, when, when Kanye West brought out his last album, or to be honest, anyone that I listen to, I will listen to it in order. As an album. And then I'll take the songs I like yeah, and put it into it. my playlist. That's how I yeah, yeah. engulf yeah, it Yeah, listen to it as a whole, like yeah. as a work in itself, and then take bits out. Yeah, I'm, the same. I'm having, to, having to enforce that on myself, because I am missing that idea of an album, like telling a continuous story over it, and actually a lot of work goes into Putting an album, an album yeah, and yeah. how that works. And I think, yeah, quite often we can miss that. I love continuous albums more than just like when they put songs yeah. in it. Because that's just, when they put songs in it, it's more of just a playlist in it that they've made. Yeah. But an album which is like start to finish and you can see the links through, I, I love that. Cool. So, Paul, you have a question as well. Uh, yeah, I really struggle to sort of put my question into words. So I hope this comes across um, in the right way. Um, but my question was, um, how do we define Christian music? Are there any differences to secular music on the whole mm. um, and sort of is that a good thing or bad thing that was that was the angle I was taking and okay. I sort of give a bit of context to that I have a pet peeve around people calling things secular music mm. so I've kind of already answered this question but I'm going to let you talk about it as well um, for if you've not heard the term secular music um, it's a general reference to things that aren't sort of intentionally Christian or intentionally religious um, I didn't know what secular means before. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. yeah. It's a good question. I, I've known a few people um, who have done like a year of listening to only Christian music. Now, I've always found that an interesting concept. Like, yeah, I, I find it difficult when we do we go so much to detach ourselves from the how, rest of the world <laughs> how do you then define christian music yeah. is it just music written by a christian or is it music with christian lyrics or well that's the thing I've, I've listened to albums by people who i know are christians and and bring out i can't do quote max on podcast but quotes christian music they only bring out christian music and then they don't and there's something separate in the maybe in the middle of an album with christian songs on it which actually is perfectly normal because we all have our own emotions sometimes they're not related to the church yeah, right. I in my in my mind, some you, I think you get used to. Oh, this is a Christian artist, so I'm going to listen to this album, and it'll be all worship music. Mm. Kanye West brought out a Christian album. He did, which 
if you look at the rest of his work, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So by that, is it would, would you class him as Christian music now? Is he a Christian artist? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and in ten years' time, when people are talking about Kanye West being a Christian artist, mm. then going back and listening to like graduation and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's very hard to make sense of that. Yeah, yeah I, I I did music at uni as well, and I remember like first couple of years, I was stuck with this: do I just do like write Christian music for uni and I decided what I wanted to do was try and write music that walked the exact line between secular and Christian or what I perceived to be the line between secular and Christian. And That's hard. I, it was an interesting exercise because essentially I was trying to write lyrics that could be taken any way you wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you wanted to read um, the gospel into them, you could. And if you wanted to read, you know, relationship love stuff with, you know, whoever you could. And... I don't really know what I think about that exercise anymore. At the time, it made the most sense in the world, but... Did it work? Oh, no, it was dreadful, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it got, <laughs> got me a pass. So. Yeah. It's, oh. it's interesting. For me, like, all music at some level is inspired by God. Like, mm. I think it, 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 it's difficult because when, when you look at some li- like lyrical content, you can you could probably argue that the opposite to that. But um, But for me, like... All all music, if it's beautiful, it's from God. You know what I mean. So, so if, like for example, like Beethoven, p- professors. Mm. I mean, it speaks a lot about God and and, and the concept of God. Is he a, a Christian artist, as as we term it? Um, I, I guess you probably argue not because the, the words and the lyrics and things that have, of things that he's written, or there aren't any lyrics. But when I hear the beauty of that music. Mm. That can only be inspired by God. Yeah, yeah. I've got songs which aren't Christian songs, but they still in, inspire like prayer and thoughts with God. Like, mm. not all my music that I listen to when I'm wanting to feel in spiritual like is is Christian music. Like, there's lots of good chart songs that, well, not chart songs, but songs that like weren't made for that purpose that I use as that purpose. Yeah. Have you ever read The Shack? This seems like a detour, but I'll bring it around. <laughs> okay. No. No. Big okay. Shack. Big Shack. No, a book called <laughs> The Shack. And it was, it's a Christian book. And it's basically, um, it's fiction. It's this, it's a story of, and in this, in this story, I won't, won't tell you the whole thing, but, but read it. It's good. Um, and um, this guy ends up going to this shack and living there is someone who's supposed to be God the Father. Uh, someone who's supposed to be Jesus, someone who's supposed to be the Holy Spirit. And God the Father is this um, kind of big, jolly black woman. And he walks into the kitchen one time um, and she's like there um, dancing to NWA or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, why are you listening to this? This is horrendous. And she um, she just goes, goes, yeah, they're just angry, but, you know, I love them. And, it, and, and it was, that's always, it seems really silly, but that's always stuck with me that, Actually, um, if we're using music to express ourselves and to talk about how we're actually feeling, even though that comes across sometimes as really angry and, quotes um, unchristian, surely God would be okay with that if that's just, you know, actually where we're at. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a good analogy. It's just what speaks to you, though, isn't it? Like, if, if it speaks to you on that level, you, you can't help it. Like, it's yeah. just, that's just how you feel. There's a great quote from Hans Christian Andersen, which is um, where words fail, music speaks. Mm. And I think that like, when you're talking about expressing yourself, yeah. when it's fine, and that kind of links into the, the, that was what I had in my mind when I was asking a question earlier, that 
if you're looking at a way to express yourself where it's really hard to to verbalize it then music's a, a really awesome and sometimes somebody else's music is a really good way to express that within yourself is anyone else a bit fed up of like christian genre music in the sense that it all sounds the same like nowadays well i i you sound like my to... dad yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all sounds the same this modern rubbish i listen to a lot of secular music that sounds like worship band music so yeah. <laughs> well that was actually one of the things that made me ask the question because i can't remember who it was i was listening to um, it was something that my girlfriend put on in the car. Mm. And when she when it started playing, I thought it was a Christian song. I thought it was like by a, again, quotes that I can't use, a worship yeah. band. Um, and I went looking for it because I thought it was. And I, I'm not entirely sure whether it was still. Mm. And that got me thinking, well, I still took the message in this to be one of sort of a godly love. Yeah. Whether it was meant that or not, I'm not sure is that relevant. But yeah. I, I think increasingly I'm finding myself more and more um, like when it's non-Christian music, I can just accept it for what it is. But at the moment, I'm kind of going through a phase where when it's Christian music, I'm kind of analysing the lyrics thinking, do I actually believe that? Or like, um, is that really what my faith's about? And Or like nitpicking like little words and saying, oh, no, that doesn't stand up theologically anymore or um, those sort of things. Whereas when it's non-Christian stuff, I can just accept it. So, oh, yeah, this is from the this view is, of that person. Is, yeah. Um, but, this is pleasant music. Yeah, but when we when we kind of within the whole church stuff, we we have this idea of buying into the song, where we congregationally sing along and therefore kind of express our support for the lyrics and the sentiment. And therefore, I think I'm a lot more cautious around what I agree to sing along with because it's an expression of of faith, of your, isn't it? Of your personal faith, yeah. And I don't feel that with even if I sing along with it. To be honest, with with um, secular music because I just accept it as these are the views of the, the singer-songwriter. Um, whereas, when yeah, when it's worship music, I have to put myself in the place of the lyrics and say, can I sing this honestly? There's a few like worship songs that when if, if we sing out on a Sunday morning, some of them, if, if I'm not in the right headspace or I don't believe with what's been said, I just won't sing the songs, but I don't have a problem with that. Do you think we need those labels, secular and sacred music? Do we, or can, can, it, can we just have music? Well, I think the whole genre, like the idea of genres, came about because record stores wanted to lay out um, like, and sell music by organising them into different genres. Yeah. So it, I don't think any, like from the artist or musician side, sat down and went, I'm going to write something in a progressive punk style today or with a, a hint of jazz fusion or something. And did, Well, maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more like for our terminology when we're talking about, like we're talking about worship music, that to me is a is a confusing label. Like, yeah, is, yeah well, I think it's unsacred. So when, when I was music. looking into the the meaning of secular, and we were sort of discussing this before, and Jacob asked, um, because I've always known the word secular as just as meaning that I've never really questioned where it came from, and um, I may be wrong because it was a brief, like quick Google, just Wikipedia, just to add some, yeah. <laughs> um, but it seemed to come from medieval Renaissance sort of period when uh, the f people started to write music that wasn't about God specifically yeah. and then people wanted a label because they wanted the order between the two, um, which to some some degree I can kind of understand why you people who want to, if I want to recommend something to Ed and he doesn't know whether it's supposed to be sort of coming from a Christian viewpoint or not. Does he need to? I'm not sure. 
But I can understand the viewpoint that maybe you could take something out of context that's a good piece of music, musically, purely musically speaking, but with lyrics that spread hate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's... But would you, would you recommend that to Ed? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe if I like the music, I don't know. <laughs> so can I, can I say, could, could, you, could I recommend something to Ed and say, I like this musically, but don't listen to the lyrics because they're not Christian. I don't know. Yeah, or, yeah, maybe. And in maybe that, not in that, Christian or not, not helpful. Or not, yeah. yeah or... And in that respect, I can kind of understand why we do it. Yeah, I find, I just, for me, it's, as music as a whole, I just like the idea that we can access God through any kind of music. And it don't, we don't need this distinction. And if I walk into church and Kanye's playing, then that's great. And if I walk into church and, you know, Hillsong's playing, then that's equally as great. Or, or you know, some, maybe something classical or maybe something, something jazz-infused. Or, But I just feel like if God speaks to me through that, then I don't need... I don't need a label, I just want music. I think there is there is a helpful thing in that, um, like so much of what we learn about the Bible and what we learn about our faith is taught to us through music as well. So I know like, so much of my, like off the, off the top of my head, Bible knowledge is song lyrics that I now know are from the Bible. Yeah. And there is a responsibility there, I guess, from Christian songwriters to or uh, yeah to kind of write stuff that isn't you know leading people astray yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. i think yeah i think i'm not i'm not suggesting that that stuff that should be, yeah just be thrown out there i think like the approach to writing it and stuff uh, it, particularly if if you're writing an expression of your christian faith mm. then uh, yeah I, I agree like i think it should be so are the labels then helpful for deciding what is um like I hate this phrase, but safe to be used in church. That's, that's why I was <laughs> that's about the isn't it? <laughs> You said that I wasn't quite sure I, I was know, ready to I say. Did, I didn't want to say that, but I've said it now. So we'll but yeah, I think I think that is that's probably where it came from in the original. Yeah. Sort of, if you take it back to medieval times, mm. the church was probably thinking, "Oh well, we need to stop this because we can't let people hear things that aren't Christian." Right. I guess that yeah, and that's probably, probably with a good intention, debate, but... isn't it? Like how. What what is safe for church? As in, as far as and should church be safe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I well, it's, it's, that's really. But we do take like like we question. said, it, it not only evokes emotion, <clears throat> emotion, but the lyrics are things that are memorable. So yeah. like there are there are a lot of Bible there are a lot of Bible verses that um, I know through songs. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them I wouldn't be able to tell you where they are in the Bible. So am I sure they're in the Bible, or have I just assumed that? I don't know. I think yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting. I should probably backtrack a little bit. I'm not suggesting we should actively listen to stuff that is not helpful. Like I think if it's helpful with your faith, then listen to it. And if it's not, then don't. Like that makes sense. That makes a, a lot of sense. Um, but the distinctions within that are deeply personal. I guess that it's not for me to say to Jacob, don't listen to that. It's not Christian. Mm. If he can find something in it that connects him to God or that moves him forward in his faith, that's not for me to say. That's for that's for Jacob. Oh, I think anyone else, not just Jacob. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's not difficult, but it's a, we're all from like a Salvation Army background. So, um, did, did you play a brass instrument, Ed? I tried. He, he was, tried. He was great. So, so we all know about like the tune book and how many tunes there are. I I could I, I could name the tunes, but I'd never know like the words that go with him. But that's just because I came from that background. So like I could sing "Praise My Soul" in my head. 
and it was number 68 when I remember reading it. But I won't be able to tell you any of the words in it apart from Praise My Soul. Such a band, though. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just, that's what I mean. Like, that's just stuck with me. Like, that's the one song that I remember playing and that's just stuck with me. For, yeah, I think for me, probably it's a little bit niche, but expressing music without words as a brass musician, often you miss out on the lyrics. Because if you're accompanying sung worship, you miss out on the lyrics because you're playing the concentrating music. Concentrating on the... Yeah, exactly. But that, for me, gave birth to like a whole other thing of just worshipping just in the music, just with with yeah, yeah. the sound that you're creating, just make uh, something that's beautiful for... As, a, as an offering to God, but also as, so that other people might connect closer to I wish to I could well. do that, just like go up to a piano and just, oh, I want to play something in the key of B flat today and just play like a really nice piece, just improvise. I'd love to be able to do that. It's, and just, well, I mean, we all know people who are like yeah, exactly, insanely talented yeah. musicians as well who, who can sit down and, and do things like that. And that, it, that's massively a gift from God, but um, that expression then for other people to join in with, to kind of connect with. That's the that's the pure beauty of music for me. I think this this was going to be my question, but it flows quite nicely through. And I think as much as I agree that music can be a great includer and a great um, includer for worship, I also think it can be used and in it as an excluder as well. Mm. And I think within Christian circles, we, there's a lot of assumed knowledge in music. So, like you talked about the the songbook. And quite often in the Salvation Army, we um, in well some larger kind of more traditional churches, you'd have the brass band play a piece of music, and well, from my experience, a lot of the time you would have um, like there would be no words on the screen or those sort of things, and uh, the audience would, well, the congregation audience is the wrong word, the congregation would all know the lyrics there, and then they would start kind of like humming along, singing the words, and they would know exactly what the bandmaster had picked that for they would know what the context of it whereas someone who's kind of new into church how much does the music that we use and the choices we have around that exclude them as well because they don't have that and i think i think it's important to sort of imagine in that in that moment that everyone else is singing along and you're just sat at the back going, I don't, what's yeah. going on? How do these people know what's going on? Yeah. And that this, must be an yeah. excluder. That's not just music. In, in no, for, no. For, but for the purpose of this conversation, we'll just talk about the, the musical aspect of that. Yeah, I, I, I hate the idea of music excluding people, but you're yeah. absolutely right. And, mm. and it, it very much can become that. I, I guess it, the intention behind it or the explanation is is key i guess perhaps either making the lyrics available or or expressing the fact that this is our worship to god because some of the time we could play music that's that don't have any words associated with it or it's, mm. and it's just a beautiful thing yeah. but this is our expression of of worship to god and and you know we'd like you to mm. to listen and to just to think about whatever god puts in your mind at this time but that need, you've got to explain that. You can't yeah, just yeah. say, we're going to play an arrangement of Praise My Soul, you all know the words, and off yeah, you go yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's hard, but I guess, it, 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 like you say, that's not just musically. That's no. There's a lot of assumed knowledge around scripture and theology yeah. and all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. I, I guess music, in a way, codifies a message. Uh, and Or decodifies it. Yeah, well, it does both, doesn't it? Yeah. But 
And I think definitely there is that there is that angle where you can say everyone will receive a different thing from that from that piece of music or um but it's always trying to evoke something though it's always trying to aim it towards something i think I feel like anyway, yeah, even if it's quite a broad thing it's aiming for like I always feel like spiritual music's trying to trying to get you to look at one aspect of what god's doing in the in the song lyrics and in the ways me- melodically written i think from from a broader perspective the the way we do music in church is weird. Like it's really yeah, weird for yeah. the rest of society that on a Sunday morning we get up and all stand, look at a screen and sing, sing together. A song that was written like two, two or three hundred yeah. years ago sometimes. But yeah. And, and yeah, even, even if it was a new song, people listen Struggle. to music, but rather than singing in the shower or in the car, not everyone is used to singing in a group of however many. If you, if you put it into the context of any other social sort of situation can you imagine a group of people who because music isn't the thing that should unite us anyway um so take away the fact that it's a church and the sailing club Mm. if they all went to back to the clubhouse to sing some songs on a screen you go to that on the first time you think what are they doing why are they singing that it's a really odd um paradigm i guess yeah i suppose it's the idea of worship isn't it and that whole, I mean, that's a big, big conversation in itself. But how how we worship, mm. and and for me, music is such a huge part of that because I've spent my life. Is it because you find it easier? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's been I've been performing since I was like seven years old, and so for me, it's just it's just completely entrenched in everything I do. I don't. There's not a day where I won't listen to at least an hour and a half of music, um, and that's just. Just general day to day. Some some days it's more than that. I'm not I'm not like just grilling you personally. This, this can be open to everyone. But would would you have the connection you have with music if you didn't go to church as a kid? Um, probably not. I don't think I would have picked up uh, an instrument the same yeah. way. I don't. Although people do like there's yeah. a there's a whole other yeah side of it. But I, first and foremost, my connection to music came through. The, everyone else is doing this in church. Do you want to have a go? And I think especially within our denomination, that is the yeah that is the story, really, isn't it? For for so many of us, yeah, definitely. Mm. I think it's a good thing, though. Like, I'm not saying no, we sh- we shouldn't do that because if I if, if my dad never said, "Oh, try to try the cornet," I'd have never had an appreciation for. I'm, I sound like a massive band owner. I'm saying this. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have never like listened to brass music unless I'd have been a part of it. And to the same as like when I learned to play guitar. I would I, I probably probably like I listen to like the worship group when they play like I don't want to say a modern song but when, when like they play songs which aren't brass songs like I used to just listen to them and take them in but the fact that I learned to play guitar and then I, I can now play them I, I have so much more of an understanding yeah appreciation yeah do you think it because we've just acknowledged that it it's a bit of a an odd thing actually that we have such an involvement with music that when we center so much of our church uh, life and what the church does around music and around a particular ways in which we do music. Do you think that's a problem then for how open we are to people outside of church? I think it creates kind of like pressure in a sense for the people that are there to do something musical when that might just not be what they're good at. Oh, that's how I'd feel anyway. Like As much as I enjoyed playing the cornet when I was a kid, I don't play it anymore. And there was times when I was a kid and I was like, I really don't want to play this right now. So it's, I think it's that thing is, 
you, you want people to obviously you want people to come and you want people to just enjoy it rather than like take it too seriously I feel at the start anyway I think maybe because the church in general not necessarily with brass music but with music historically has brought so many people together and and still does but I think it makes us sort of wary of doing something a little bit different with that because we're, I don't I, well, you can't confine worship to just music mm. um, yeah, I think you can worship while you're doing anything yeah but I think because it because it touches so many people at once and it's quite a broad, like we say, we we no one springs to mind of people we know that don't like music. Um I think you can you can get to a lot of people at once. But that's not to say that there aren't equally good ways of worshipping in in a way that's maybe more inclusive, I don't know. Yeah, if you strip it back, I guess it comes back to what we first said about, I mean, my initial thoughts when we were talking about music connecting people wasn't about, quotes, Christian music. It was just about music as a as a whole. So if you strip it back to where we started and, and the idea that the music is about connecting or expressing emotion, and that's not necessarily something that we do, but something else that somebody else has done and we can either subscribe to or understand it if you bring that back into church that makes a lot more sense as far as i guess there's the worship experience as you as you call it where you are joining in with with what's going on but also i think there's there's times for just an appreciation of hearing and connecting with the music that's been performed uh, that, yeah that's really difficult because you've i guess you've got to think quite a lot about that to bring that kind of Oh, do, you? It's, it's, do we do we overcomplicate it? Like if you go to a Coldplay gig, you sit and you sing Coldplay songs, you know, or stand and you probably stand or yeah. So if you come to a church, why would you not sing God songs? I guess it's a different kind. It's a, when you go to a concert, you're expecting to be entertained. I guess, but it's, it's a slightly different motivation for going. But I suppose we can overcomplicate things. Yeah, I think that word entertain is is one of the things that concerns me as well about oh, like perform as well about yeah the use of music in church in, is that quite often it's easy to turn church into a product yeah yeah 100% and then the quality of our music becomes part and parcel of that product and peop- it develops a culture of um commercialized church i guess is, yeah selling church yeah, yeah. and um the, the idea that if we want to grow our church we need to make the product better yeah where and that becomes the dominant conversation in then in churches about why aren't we getting more people because our church service isn't better or isn't a better product and would, i think would more people come if we had a better guitarist yeah essentially, and fundamentally oh, that's a flawed <laughs> for reference i i, I play guitar at the but yeah fundamentally i think that's a flawed a flawed system and it yeah that speaks more about what we can get out of church than what we can get give into it mm. um but how much do you think music contribute, contributes to that problem, or do you think that's just a symptom of the problem more than anything? I've else? I've definitely had times when I've been at church where the sole purpose I was going was to be in the worship group, just because I felt like that was my only reason to be there. So like I've gone with the mindset of oh I need to play right today because all these people are watching me and I put so much stress on myself. But when in fact the only person that I care about that's listening is God really. I should be doing it for God's sake. And there's been times where, like, I've just not come to the 
I've just not gone to church in the morning just because I didn't want to go through the stress I put through myself of like playing in front of everyone. Because like you said, it becomes a product and if, if you play a wrong note or something, no one really cares really, except but I used to beat myself up a bit about it. It's really it's really hard because with what we're saying, I really agree with like we sh- we shouldn't have to sell church. This church should be about just coming. It's about broken people coming together and just discussing the Bible, discussing faith and theology and all these things and and worshiping together. But then at the same point, like, would you go to a gig if if the band was rubbish? Like, would you would you go? Would, could you connect with? Coldplay, or I use Coldplay as an example just because they're a big rock band, but could you connect with them with with their music if it was if it was terrible? I guess it's an extreme. We're saying a wrong note is inconsequential, but if it was if it was terrible, would people be able to connect as well with it? I guess is the question. I've wrestled I've wrestled with this for a long, it's long a time. It's a really difficult question. Yeah, because for me, like my performance, as Jacob says, like my performance is about what God hears, but I had for me that that's got a, that should be my best that should be the most beautiful that should my focus should be in that moment with that music on God so for me like trying to make that the best it possibly can be is I guess my kind of commitment to to trying to bless bless God with my music so but on saying that that's that could be at any level like you could yeah. be like the Jimi Hendrix or you could be just picking up a guitar for the first time but yeah. if the intention behind it is pure then God hears what we don't yeah I, I bring this up because I spent the majority of my teenage years thinking that um, we would um, solve 90% of the church's problems by having a better worship crew <laughs> and I look back on that and I go you idiot <laughs> um, clearly but, it's 100% obviously yeah but I yeah, I'm. I guess when you start rethinking what church is and actually why is church important for me, like, well, I guess one thing that radically changed my opinion of, of church and the relationship with music is coming, starting coming to Copper Beach. Yeah, it, it, for a good year, I did nothing musically at my church, and that was really weird for me because I'd been involved musically in my church for like all of my teenage years before that. Um, so it was kind of relearning. Okay, so I, I guess I had pegged myself in my role in church is to be in music. And then actually when I stripped that away, I had to re- radically rethink, what is my role at church? What can I offer here? Or what, what, why do I come? Or even those sort of questions. Um, so I think it, there's a danger where we can wrap ourselves too much up in it yeah. and miss out on, on, uh, yeah, on the other... Would you go back to doing just music at church? No, no, absolutely not. I Why? couldn't. I, I, I think I, I love doing music at church. I love it. Um, and for me, because, you know, I'm a guitarist and I'm not a particularly good singer, when I play guitar, I find it much easier to engage in worship because when I'm singing, I'm having to concentrate more on what I'm doing. Whereas when I play guitar... I, I can not really think about what I'm doing. I can just get lost in the music. Uh, oh, that sounds so awful. <laughs> I, I get I swept away in the, in the rhythm. I do know what you mean, though, because even I wouldn't say I'm a terrible singer. I'm not a brilliant singer. But when I'm singing congregationally, mm. sometimes I'll find myself not concentrating on the words because I'm trying to pick out a harmony that suits. Yeah. And then I come back to it and I think, why have I just done that? I've done that because 
I like the sound of the music, but I'm not really paying attention to what it becomes a music to what either the words are or to what God's telling me because I'm concentrating more on how the music sounds. But I think as well, we 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 come from a denomination denomination that does a lot musically, and I think that's great. But also, we miss out on a we don't necessarily put as much stock into other spiritual and worship practices. Yeah. So, like, I remember starting where I am now, and um, they had a time of prayer. And we just sat in silence for about half an hour, I think. Well, it felt like half an hour. <laughs> it was actually four <laughs> seconds. And, um, and people just spoke when they felt guided. And some people even spoke twice or three times. And this was totally alien to me. Um, and, yeah, learning to experience worship when it doesn't fit the tradition that I'm used to was a good exercise. Um, and I'm sure it's an exercise I hope to continue trying in different places and different traditions. But... Yeah, it's I guess acknowledging that music is one one way of doing that, and if we throw all of our eggs into one basket, um, do we miss out on the other? I think stuff? I think it's really important to consistently challenge the the routine that we get into in in our, in our Christian lives and in church specifically. We're talking about music now, but I mean in the general, mm. because if, if we if we get stuck in things, we forget that there's a meaning behind why we were doing it. Yeah. And we have definitely, I'm not going to say we've lost that, but I think we don't consider it enough and don't consider what else we could be doing potentially more effectively because we think we should be doing the music. Yeah. Do you think that's why we have more of an appreciation of music as, as, as a, I say, as a group? Because we've come from that point. So where you say like in moments of prayer, we there's usually someone like just playing the piano of the tune that we just sang in the background or something like that. Do you reckon that's where like, the appreciation of that side of the music comes from. I think it's probably easier for people who have been in church for longer because you get used to... Music. Music triggering a thought. Like you said, you, you associate... Um, I've forgotten what song you said. Praise My Soul. No, no, um, Happy oh, with, right, yeah, yeah. with ride. that ride. Yeah. I think you can do that the same in church and you associate the good feeling you get from God with a song. So automatically that song is as important as the thought. Do we all have one of those songs? I'll, I'll start... I know, man. Um, there was... There was a Christian summer school that we went to one year and I, I really resonated with the theme and we played Oceans by Hillsong. And that's that was where I went immediately. But... Absolutely, like, whenever I hear that song now, I feel so in touch with God because of the memories that were made when that song, when we sang that song and when we listened to it. So now whenever I hear it, I just go back to that time and go back to that place where I feel like me and God were really close. It's I'm in his hands, Phil Lager, for me, that one. That version. I've got so many. So yeah, many. Yeah. Like lot lot of Samuel Lumbly song, but controversially Justin Bieber song, um, Purpose. There's some just beautiful lyrics in that. Um and people no doubt people listening will laugh at the very suggestion <laughs> of, of Justin Bieber. But it's a beautiful like lyrically it's beautiful, the, mm. the the music's beautiful as well. Um, I've just been whilst you guys have been talking. I've just been like my head's been all over. So I've, <laughs> I missed a little bit of what you got what you were saying because I've just thinking about um, just like the, the worship worship experience or music in church and how like and and it, whether we hold standards too hard or too fast. But I definitely believe that your best is always good enough for God. I think that's a really important thing to say. Um, and that's the effort in it. Yeah, it's sort of going back to what we were saying previously, I think like that's probably the most most important thing is the intention behind the words. The quality of the music is secondary to the, the intention behind it. 
Um, and that's a challenging thing for me to say because I have to hold myself to that as well. Um, sometimes it can, I can get hung up on the quality being more than the intention. Um, but I think that's just a really, really important thing. But at the same time, I do want to perform or play or worship, however you want to term it, the best I can. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really difficult. Are you Googling lyrics, Paul? Yeah, I was Googling lyrics, yeah. What? Because, what are you Googling? Um, I'm not on my phone. I'm not, not listening to you. <laughs> that, that sounds bad. Um, I was just going to say, when we were talk- when Jacob asked um, sort of songs that inspire or make you think of that, Oceans was the first one I jumped to as a set response. But then when I went to... I tried to think of the next song. The next one that came up was an Imagine Dragons song. Yeah. Which comes back to the my, my own question of secular versus um, Christian, to label it. Um, but it was just some lyrics that were in that. And I've got no idea whether these were meant to be Christian or not. Um, and it's the song, I Bet My Life. And the lyrics are, I know I took the path that you would never want for me. I gave you hell through all the years. So I, I bet my life. I bet my life on you. And I heard that the first time I, when I heard it and thought, are they, are they Christian mad? I don't know. But I'm taking, and that, that still speaks to me now when I'm saying it now. That resonates with me as much as a lot of Christian songs would. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing for me. That, and that, that kind of brings us full circle, doesn't it? That's, that's exactly it for me. That I generally, I've tried to stop asking myself that question, you know, are they Christians? And just appreciating actually, do you know what that speaks to that speaks to my life. And whether they're Christians. It doesn't matter. Does it doesn't necessarily no, no. mean that God didn't mean to speak to me through that as yeah, well, which hundred percent. And I was listening to a podcast on the way here actually about Christian music and it was it was titled um it was something like Stop Listening to Christian Music. <laughs> so I thought that'll do. Yeah, yeah. So I had a quick listen to that and he was talking a little bit about people's intentions and, and he actually brought up Justin Bieber and said, you know, how can how can he call himself a Christian when he's doing X, Y, and Z and, you know, should we be listening to music when it's when it's not written by a Christian, even if it's termed Christian music? And I just think that's that's really sad. Like, I feel we miss out on so much of a blessing when we try and compartmentalise things like that and just and fail to appreciate. So God can speak to me through, in fact, more often does speak to me through my non-Christian friends than through my Christian friends, um, just with challenges. And, and I spend a lot of time you know, trying to um, speak about my faith, probably not as much as I could do, but um, a lot of those conversations are, are secondary to what people bring to me um so I, re- I think that's really that's really sad i think that we miss out on that just by like you say like the, the whole is are they is it christian music i've started to say that i don't care i don't care i just want to know god a little bit more <laughs> I, think, I think maybe that's just down to a mindset of whether you're ready to engage with god in any moment yeah it'd be interesting to hear what what listeners think as well as far as d- yeah. does it matter the intention that a music was written by do you think it matters because for me i mean i'm saying that i don't but i'd, I'd happily listen and, and engage in debate around that i don't what do you guys think i, I think my, mine would be like if you flip it on its head and there's a uh, a quote-unquote secular piece of music um no a, a christian song that becomes secular like then what, what does that mean? Or does it not mean anything? Yeah, if I like a, a, a hill song, song hit Big the hit, charts. Yeah, yeah. Last, I always wonder, like, what what happens if that hits the charts? Does that mean there's more Christians? Does that mean there's a lot of Christians streaming it? What what does that mean? Does that mean God's working through a lot of non-believers or whatever? To a degree, as soon as an artist releases a piece of music or finishes a piece of music and puts it out there, they lose control of what that means. Yeah. 
it it become because it becomes entirely subjective, and it, whoever listens to it will come up with what it means to them, and then they don't get to define what it means for everyone who listens to it. They can have their opinions, but are their opinions even more valid than anyone else's? Absolutely, yeah. I was trying to find a quote and I can't find it. It's about something to do with like giving birth to music. Yeah. And then once it's out there, it's gone. Like it's, it's gone out there and how people interpret that, then it becomes up to them. Um, like just thinking about you and your famous example is, is John Cage. We talked a little bit yeah, about yeah. four minutes, 33, which is just a four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. Or, or yeah, well, it's, it's the performer is meant to just stand or sit at yeah. a piano and yeah. not play any notes. And the, his argument is that music is in all the little things that you hear. So I actually sat in a performance of 4 Minutes 33 and it was in the sirens going past and the music was in the pencil dropping on the floor, people like nervously giggling and things mm -hmm. like that. And that was termed the music. And his argument is that once once you listen to that piece of music, it becomes whatever you say it becomes. Um, and I guess that's the same with with all of music like you were suggesting yeah i guess that's true of so much like we we spoke a little while ago about miracles and that idea that miracles are everywhere around us and yeah. are in every other aspect of life and i guess you can see that in art in beauty in music in um god in the sacred in the the divine all that sort of stuff is it is everywhere if you look for it yeah exactly yeah i think it again it depends on how you approach everything i suppose uh, from art to the bible to theology or all the rest of it it becomes a mindset rather than a, a yeah. set subject if you is like that, uh, music is in the ear of the beholder does that sure work? yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> i think is that the title of the podcast let's go with that one yeah. <laughs> i literally hear music everywhere though so like if i can hear a ticking clock i, I hear that as a beat yeah. and then i'll start just yeah, like tapping metronome. something in my head and then that's it then I've, I've made something in my head and then i love it and it's probably really bad but i do really enjoy it Every time I print something at work, I get the printer rhythm stuck in my head for ages. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, though, and that, that's kind of the, the the point. To I guess art is everywhere, beauty yeah. is everywhere, music is everywhere. Like it can be if if that's what you term, you know, music. If opening a door and hearing it creak, it, it mm. E flat is a piece of music in itself. Then mm. so be it. Um, I heard a a really interesting quote. I do. I mentioned it earlier. I do love Beethoven. Um, and he, there's a quote that's attributed to him saying, uh, the vibrations on the air are the breath of God speaking to a man's soul. Music is the language of God. Um, I just think that's really powerful. That's a really, really powerful thing, like music being the language of God, like how God can communicate and speak into our soul makes a lot of sense. Um, particularly for me, and I know that'll be different from person to person, but for me, as someone who spent a lot of time around music, studying it, performing it, that just yeah that really resonates with me i don't know I think it's why think. i enjoy live music so much is because you you can actually feel the vibrations and stuff and when you can actually feel the music like physically physically that it sounds so cheesy but when you can feel it and like it it just hits differently doesn't it it's just it, it's not the same as when you just hear it just like on the radio or something like a normal volume you've got to crank it all the way up and then you absolutely love it mm. It's the reason why rock concerts are so loud, yeah. so you can feel like feel it in your chest, like particularly the bass. So if you've got like oh, even like and clubs stuff, and stuff, yeah. yeah, or like rap music now with like the 808s and the massive like bass, like drums, just love it. I'm resisting the urge to say you feel it in your fingers. <laughs> you feel it in your toes. You it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've done so well <laughs> to avoid that. Anyway, yeah, I think 
I think that's a good place to kind yeah, of draw this much full to a close there. But I've, I've got I've got one more question just for everyone here, and I want a yes or no answer, oh and that's what we're going to leave it on. Um, so, can you have church without music, Jacob? No. Yes. 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 Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one for you to discuss in the listener group. Uh, yeah, please do let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.